On today's show, we're going to talk about application knowledge for Comfort Advisors, part two. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started with today's show, I want to share an awesome video with you regarding our Lead 2020 virtual conference coming up at the end of September. You know, September is always a great time to refocus, and this conference will give you the tools and the motivation to do just that. Make sure you get signed up today at lead2020event.com. you should always go back and revisit decisions, you also can't be afraid to move forward. All great sustainable organizations have a culture of passion, meaning, and purpose. What helps elevate us to inspire others to be at their very best? is a mirror of the leader. People do not leave jobs, they leave leaders. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Last week, Gary started the conversation on what types of application knowledge your salespeople should have. This is super important, especially when hiring a new salesperson that lacks the knowledge of our industry. Now let's join Gary once again and wrap up this conversation. So what I would suggest is, is that it's actually better to hire somebody that knows this and then we can train them on this and that's why I wrote the layman's you know, uh, structure. Um, there's five application sections on the EGI site that you can tap into, which trains everybody on these types of details. So obviously, I'm not going into a great depth that on this particular video, but I'm introducing the topic for you so that you can dive in, look at the material, and really understand what's going on. Plus, your manufacturers and distributors that are out there have plenty of classes on this, plenty of stuff online. Sound. So, is sound a comfort component? The answer is yes. In my last house, I had three air conditioners that sat outside. They were builder grade units, and when they would come on, the compressor would hard start, and invariably it would wake up my wife, and she hated the idea that those units did that because they were right outside the master bedroom. And her uh, discussion with me was, hey, when you deal with the heating, air conditioning, and the plumbing mechanical side of this house, when you change those out, I only have one requirement. I want those to be quiet. I don't want to hear them anymore. So fan noise, compressor startup, uh, just the ability to isolate the uh, equipment and put it in a position where mechanically it's not creating excessive sound, that is absolutely a comfort component. There's nothing worse than you know, going into a room and maybe it's an air handling system, um, not gonna name any brand names, but sometimes there's an attic-based system, and you could just hear the sound 
airflow just flying through the supply. And, you know, I mean, basically, you know, if you have a cat or a dog nearby, I mean, they get blown off. That is also a sound issue. In other words, you can actually hear the airflow going. And that is a function not only of the mechanical side, but also back to the duct system. Airflow, temperature setting, sound can be created from that. So you can hear the mechanical side of the equipment, and then you can hear the airflow as well. So the design and the organization of what's going on on the remediation from the sales process has a lot to do with whether or not sound becomes a complaint or whether or not we can actually say, is sound an issue for you, you know, in your comfort system? And the answer from my wife was, well, yeah. So, you know, we put in two-stage systems, and we put in a much higher quality piece of equipment. And so, you know, uh, in those days, actually, what I had put in uh, were, uh, I believe I replaced those with some Lennox HS21s as well, two-stage pieces of equipment. They were a little bit older. And, uh, you know, because it's running on single stage and that particular fan motor and the positioning of it, um, you didn't hear it. I mean, you just, you just didn't hear it. Plus, we also changed the duct system completely. We put supply and returns in each of the master bedrooms and the main rooms. And so we, uh, we created air exchange, uh, ERVs inside of the platform. And so we balanced the airflow. And what you had is you just had a lot more even airflow. You didn't have this high velocity. And you had a more even temperature. And so what you ended up with was better humidity control. And you, you didn't hear the system at all. Um, as far as you were concerned, if you walked into the house, whether it was on or off, you wouldn't know that. And there wasn't this drastic airflow going, you know, where we had the CFM, the thing was just blasting originally. So literally, they had a two-ton system in the master bedroom with one uh, I believe it was a 60,000 BTU furnace, and the square footage of the mat, this was just for one room, the master bedroom was probably about 400 square feet. So when you think about that amount of airflow and capacity going through basically two supplies, and there was no return air. So you ended up with this huge velocity, so I mean, you could hear the air. Not only that, it just, it just wasn't comfortable, it short cycled. You know, it would on, and then it was off, and it was on, and it was off. And so you could just hear the mechanical just working hard. So that's going to kill the long-term efficacy of the motor and the equipment. So anyway, we, we tore all that out, redid the system, rezoned it, and, you know, with multi-stage equipment. And so put in supplies, a couple more supplies, and uh, a master return inside of the master bedroom. So it wasn't on its own unit mechanically zoned. It was a part of a zone that was part of a different set of four different zones with a separate control, with a separate control in the master bedroom. So what you ended up with was you could control the temperature based on the idea that that room needed some airflow. The RZL zoning system is what we used back in that time. Uh, and that's been probably 14, 15 years ago. You know, the damper system opened up and we got airflow to the master bedroom. And so if somebody was sitting outdoor, you know, in my study or whatever, the air wasn't coming on or going off in that particular zone. So um, the air balancing inside of that process was a key. But what happened is you just you couldn't hear it. And so everybody was happy. So we had good even temperature. We had individual controls room by room. We had airflow that was balanced. We had air exchanges going on with the HRV, ERV platforms that we installed. We had no sound and the energy efficiency there. You know, you're looking at basically anywhere from sort of 19 on single stage all the way up to 27 on 
uh, uh, so, sorry, 19 on two stage, 27 on single stage. So the blend of that, you know, is uh, those were the HS21s. You ended up with a process that gave us almost perfect six comfort components that we remediated. Now, the question would be, how much are you willing to spend for that type of an answer? And so that's going to vary client by client. What we need to do is we need to recognize that it's not our job to make the decision for the customer. It's our job to put the customer in a position to be aware of what the options are and let the customer decide what money and what the issues are that they would like to remediate. So sales process over here gets us to the answers, what we need in terms of the questioning process. The weakness in most sales professionals in this trade are they go fast and furious because they're chasing the dollar and they don't recognize that this actually it can be priced the same way as if we were doing two systems. So, you know, because it's going to take me multiple days to do this work, especially if I'm doing some airflow adjustments, duct modifications, duct remediation, what we have to recognize is our pricing needs to incorporate that. The customer can say yes or no to the pricing. If they say no to the remediation, the price itself may be less, but my guarantees, my warranties, and all the things that I do here in my solutions model aren't going to accompany that. So only when I actually do it the way I know as a professional, I want to do it in order to make sure you're satisfied as a client, and I priced it that way, I'm willing to put my stamp of guarantee on that. Therefore, all my warranties, guarantees, and everything that I do that make me a better company than the average company because of this knowledge, you're paying me for my knowledge and my experience and my ability to solve these set of problems for you. That costs money. If you don't want to do that, that's okay. I've educated you. You can choose the lower price option, but I'm not going to guarantee it. So BTUs in a box is okay. I have no problem with that but you're not going to get even temperature. So the upstairs and the downstairs, they're not going to be the same temperature. They're not going to be that one degree guarantee. So your job is to train your comfort consultants so that they understand the application, the construction, the design, home conditions, obviously supporting the codes, understanding the six comfort components. But they have to understand that they've got to ask the right questions, and you've got to have a model that allows them to do that. If they don't know any of this stuff, this isn't going to matter. So we've got to train them on both the sales process and the application process. They have to be very good at both of those things. When you have those two things married together, what you have is you have a tremendous comfort consultant. And you're probably going to sell a lot more high efficiency equipment because customers want that. They want the solutions. They are willing to pay for that. And this separates you from the average company. So let's go back into the main studio, and I'll show you some documentation that you can take advantage of. All right, so if we actually take a look at this particular uh, document, this is on the EGI Contract University site, and um, there are five sections to this document. This is section one, and so you can see that there's, uh, it's basically an A to Z of everything you're going to want to know about application. It's written in layman's terms, so it's written to take somebody that maybe was good at sales in the automotive industry that doesn't know anything about home construction or HVAC and give them the opportunity to understand, well, what is return air? What, what does that mean? 
So it's one thing for me to say that to an engineer. It's an entirely different thing for me to say that to somebody that's gifted in sales but doesn't understand the technical side. So what we've got here is we've got a document that's really broken into five areas with lots of graphics on it that basically explains sort of the ins and outs of everything that's going on. I mean, why do we design return errors to be on high or low areas? Because different regions of the country require different types of applications. So what we've done, and this was really a defensive measure for me back when I was building my very first HVAC contracting business, was I wanted to hire some people, but I wanted to be able to train them. So what I did is I took the Michael Gerber approach, the E-Myth you know, contractor, and I said, well, I need to take what I know about all this technical stuff, and I need to put it down on a piece of paper and then put it in a training model to be able to give to my future comfort consultant or a technician who wanted to learn this. Um, clearly, what we have here is a discussion that's based on the idea that it's going to take time and it's going to take a process. But what I can do is I can check in each week through a training process and say, you read this document, come back, let's talk about it, and then I'll do a ride along with you and we can see how you're doing. And then we can have conversation about that. What kind of duct system do you see here? What is this duct system? Is it a radial duct system? Is it perimeter? What are we doing? Is that a slab? Is that a basement? You can begin to have conversations with people and make sure that they start learning the way you need them to learn in order to be effective. So, Anyway, this is a, a good example of a document that exists on the EGI site that's designed for you. Here's a second document that you're going to want to look at. So this is an example of where we take pictures of all the applications. So when a comfort advisor goes in, or even a selling technician, we're documenting what the conditions are. Where is the equipment located? Uh, so the design of what we're going to do in terms of the install crew coming in to actually deal with the problem, what we have is we've got kind of this thing going on in the world out there. The comfort consultant says the installer just didn't do his or her job right, and the installer is saying that it's the comfort advisor's fault they made mistakes. So you've got to eliminate that process. You've got to create a systematic approach where the comfort consultant sees the same application issues that the installer is going to face and the installer understands that the comfort advisor is going to give that information. So we have created a process on the survey form that deals with the idea that all of these things are necessary. So if this is a, you know, a good example then of the details of the engineering side. This is the material list of that particular structure. These are the venting requirements that we would face. This is where the positioning would be inside of the home. You know, are we moving a water heater? What are we doing with the duct systems? What's going on inside of the world? And then pictures attached to the configuration. Dimensions. You know, uh, what are we doing in terms of the height of the ceiling or the height of the attic? Is it a horizontal application, left to right, right to left? The comfort advisor needs to understand that these are required pieces of information for the install group. If we put the comfort advisor out there and they just sell some stuff and then the install group shows up and goes, well, yeah, I mean, I know we said we could do that, but we really can't do it the way we promised you. That's really throwing the comfort advisor under the bus, the company under the bus, and the installer is in a really bad spot. We don't want our installers or anybody that's in the technical side of what we call promise makers versus promise keepers. So the promise maker is me, the comfort consultant or comfort advisor. I go out and say, yeah, let's do this. And then the promise keeper is the install team, and they come in and go, yeah, this is probably not going to work the way we thought it was going to work. So 
that's going to create tension either at the homeowner level or certainly tension back at the ranch at the home office if in fact the comfort consultant and the install crew can get away with solving the consumer problem sometimes the customer doesn't know it but the install crew is not happy and so what we need is we need pictures we need a design process we need load calculations we need details I need airflow requirements and that brings us down to this conversation so we're going to do a load calculation um, this is the short form Lennox short form load calc for cooling uh, there are multiple programs out there. Drew Cameron has his program out there, and I, I, we use that. Um, certainly, uh, Elite has their program out there. Uh, I believe um, Carrier has a program out there. So multitudes of programs that will do airflow analysis, airflow calculations, understanding how we're going to redesign the system to go room by room CFM requirements, where we're going to have to add perhaps a uh, return air, if we have to add supply air, if we have ceilings or cathedral ceilings, you know, or high bay where we have 18 or 20 foot ceilings like you have in the property that I'm dealing with, with glass all the way through the back, you're going to have to design the airflow to match that particular environment. And that is a more sophisticated approach than just sending out the average bear who's a affable, easygoing, I can sell you anything, ice to Eskimos type of a salesperson. They need to understand what's going on. Otherwise, you're going to be in for a catastrophic type customer experience and that leads to bad reviews you know reputation issues Facebook posts with social media where it is today you just don't you don't want to risk that so the the process that I would like you to see is that you are going to teach the individual these types of things so we talked basically about this application and construction we need the comfort advisor to know what's going on you got to make a strong commitment to make sure that all your sales personnel understand application, your market application. So Florida is going to be different than Arizona. That's going to be different than Columbus, Ohio, or Minneapolis, Minnesota, or you know Washington, Vancouver, Portland, etc. Completely different set of requirements, different codes, different application, different equipment, different climate. So then understand the six comfort components. Make sure that you spend some time and train your individuals and it's going to take time um, it takes us usually at least a year if not a little longer um, my comfort consultants that we have out in Arizona we've been training them ongoing for now about seven years but it took about two years really to get them in a position where they understood it in great detail and uh, so they it's not a, it's not a, a problem for them now in other words application training is a one-time thing once I understand insulation once I understand duct and airflow once I understand air exchange air balancing I've got it it's a lot like accounting. It's, it becomes black and white. And then the question becomes for you, do you want to do load calculations and sizing type uh, process? I'm an advocate of that. I think you need to do that. I think anybody that's not doing that is, uh, is not serving the customer well. Um, I think you can get away with it, but I think it will eventually come back and get you. And uh, that affects your personal brand. It affects your business brand. And let's be honest. Um, would you want to be in that position? Would you want to be you know, going to the doctor and the doctor knew that you had two problems but they only diagnosed one problem and they didn't tell you about the other problem. That other problem then later cropped up and caused more problems for you. I don't, I don't think that's the way you would want to be treated. So if you're following the golden rule and you understand that identifying that as an issue and then pricing it, let the customer make that decision. That really comes down to load calculations and sizing and making sure that the CFMs and room by room 
type application work is discussed, let the customer make that determination. If I choose that I have two problems and I only have money to solve one, I understand what my you know, decision was. And so we would take the guarantees away in our sales process and say, this is what needs to happen in order to guarantee the craftsmanship. If you don't want to do it, we understand that, but you know, you're gonna have to signature right here that says, you know, this is what we're doing. Uh, and then know your codes. I think you just need to make sure that your local codes, understanding what's going on inside of your world. Uh, for example, here where I'm standing at EGI World Headquarters in Colorado Springs, you're gonna need to pay somebody to do the electrical here, or you have to have an electrical license. That's the code. So either you are licensed and you can do it yourself, or you're gonna have to pay an electrician to do it. That is the code. That is not the code in Arizona. So we can do the electrical in Arizona. So completely different approach because the environment is different based on the local government. Uh, it's not right, it's not wrong, it's the nature of the beast. So know your codes, know your permitting process, and then final uh, discussion is make sure that your internal process is documented. So I'm gonna show you uh, in a later video a, a, about a 70-page sales process manual that we've written that corresponds to the technical uh, manual, the layman's technical manual. So again, that's broken down into five application areas on the website. I showed you application section one. What we have is a sales process document that says this is how we wanna do things. So how we wanna make sure the paperwork flows to the install group, the photographs, how we make sure that permitting is done, how we make sure that if we have to do certain things in terms of managing an exception, you know, where we're going to maybe move a water heater from here over to here because that was part of the discussion. That's a pricing question, but it's also a labor management question now for the crews. So I want you as a uh, business owner slash somebody who's watching this sales-related video technique to understand that application and understanding the prep work solves problems downstream for you on the sales process. So we want to be really great at sales process, but we want to make sure we're really great at the application process as well. As always, awesome content from the master there, Mr. Gary Ellix. And there's plenty more from him on Comfort Advisor sales, such as guarantees for the sales process, the power of financing in the sales process, and compensation systems, as well as much, much more. So if you're not a member, click join at the top of this page to get a free 30-day trial. You'll get access to all of Gary's other videos along with full online courses and tons of other resources. Well, that's it for this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. And until then, bye-bye for now.